Hi everyone, this is Asil Altaeva and welcome to another episode of the Femes Finance Podcast where we explore the journeys of successful female leaders, founders and investors from across the globe. As a reminder, the information provided in the podcast is for entertainment use only and should not be taken as a business, tax, legal or investment advice. Please make sure to do your own due diligence and consult with your advisor before making any financial decisions. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Magdalena Boschkic, who is a head of RegTech and Crypto Compliance Services at Signum Bank, which is considered as the world's first digital asset bank founded on Swiss and Singapore heritage. Prior to joining Signum Bank, she was head of compliance at Crypto Finance Brokerage, a FINMA-regulated securities firm. Since 2019, Magdalena has been a member of the regulatory working group of the Crypto Valley Association. Currently, she is an executive board member at Swiss Capital Market Forum, advisory board member at CMTA, and board member at Open Basque Association. And today I'm so happy to interview Magdalena and learn more about regulatory technology and crypto compliance. Magdalena, thank you so much for finding a time in your busy schedule, and I'm so happy to see you today. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here. So perhaps we could start from your background. I would like to ask what motivated you to pursue a career in regulatory technology and crypto compliance? Thank you for that question. Actually, if you would have asked me five years ago if I want to be in crypto and rec tech, regulatory technology, I wouldn't have known back in the days that I would be in the crypto space. Actually, it just happened by following my interests at a certain period in time. So after completing my law studies in, at the University of St. Gallen, I uh, was looking for a job. I was really desperate to find a job because I didn't six-month unpaid internship at the United Nations, and I ended up working for PwC on a project in compliance for a Swiss bank. And there I noticed that I really enjoyed that type of work, and that led me then to pursuing a career in compliance in banks in Switzerland. And while I was working at Credit Suisse in compliance as well, I got some indirect exposure to crypto assets because many banks have indirect crypto exposure through fiat assets that result from crypto wealth and in international wealth management and credit Suisse back in the days in 2017 I was working in compliance and checked some clients who brought fiat from crypto wealth and I realized I enjoy this so so much and I was very curious about Bitcoin. I heard about it in summer of 2017 for the first time. It was super abstract for me. Nonetheless, it it fascinated me a lot. It made me very curious. I enjoyed working on, on that indirect exposure. And then I decided I would go all in on crypto. I resigned from my job at Credit Suisse without having another job looking for something in the crypto industry. And then after two months, I had two offers. And one of them was Crypto Finance Brokerage, which back in the days was a one-year-old startup when I started. And there I was working for three years in compliance. And as it is a crypto-native company, 
I was able to get the full 100% crypto exposure I was looking for. It was a great journey because the company went from a startup to being regulated by the Swiss regulator Finma as a securities house. And then somehow Signum came along. I was not actively looking for something. It just was a new growth experience that presented itself, a new learning curve. RegTech was very new to me. And I again decided to follow my interest and my curiosity and passion. And this is how I then uh, started or landed at Signum, which is a bank, as you say, a, a digital asset native bank. And what I do here is a RegTech and crypto compliance services supporting third-party banks that have crypto exposure, be it through a direct crypto offering, which we see more and more happening nowadays. In Switzerland, we have, for example, some banks like Postfinance and, and cantonal banks like Zena Kantonalbank, Zuga Kantonalbank, that are offering their clients crypto assets or indirect exposure. Many financial institutions today have a fiat asset coming from crypto. And this is where my team and I support them relating to all questions around crypto compliance and anti-money laundering. So that was my journey. <laughs> Never expected to be working in RegTech and crypto compliance some years ago, just following my interests, uh, my passion, and step-by-step step, the way led me here. Yeah, that is so true. And you brought up a very interesting point about how the life works, because when you start your journey on one path with a clear plan of where you want to go, but before you know it, one opportunity leads to another opportunity and you end up in a very different place with new people and new opportunities. And it's it's very much interesting than the plan that you have planned in your head. So my next question for you is about the topics that you have touched upon on that last question. And it's about your hobbies and interests. I'm very interested to know what do you do outside of work and how do you rest? Okay, I love what I do. It motivates me a lot. It's not just a job, it's really following my passion. This is why sometimes uh, <laughs> there are longer working hours. And uh, for me, in order to get some rest and to also be able to switch off from work, I like to try new hobbies and also challenge myself. For example, this year I tried two new things. I did a diving license and I also uh, ran my first half marathon. If you would have told me like six months ago that I would be running a half marathon, I would have thought, no, I don't think so, but it just happened. So I really like to, to try new things, to challenge myself and also to remove the self-limitations that we put upon ourselves because I had actually a professor from University of Zurich who inspired me to start running. And initially it seemed so difficult because I was not a runner before. And then I just broke that challenge down into small steps. I was able to motivate myself to start running on a regular base by limiting it to three kilometers per run initially, and this three, four times per week. And just having that rhythm doesn't matter how 
tired I was or how lazy I felt on a certain day. Three kilometers, somehow I was always able to motivate myself. And this is how I got into it. It was a great way also to have rest, peace of mind from, from work, have some exercise for your body. And then eight weeks later, I was running my first half marathon in Lisbon, which was a great experience. And it was also very nice to experience that this self-limiting thought, because I thought, oh my God, I could never <laughs> run a half marathon or uh, a marathon, which is my next goal, to see, yes, it's possible. It's You just have to do it step by step, start with small steps. If some something seems like a big challenge, break it down into, into really feasible action points, and then you can actually realize anything that you want. So for me, to try out new things, to challenge myself, to grow also outside of work is something that is how I like to spend my free time. I really want to mention that we had this talk about running several weeks ago and Magdalena really inspired me to run. Uh, she gave me lots of advice on how to run effectively, how to make a schedule. And I've been following her advice and recommendations since our last meetup. I've been running consistently I really enjoyed this process and I'm so happy for that. For our listeners listening to the episode today, I also hope that you get an inspiration to run consistently because believe me, it really changes your life and it also gives you a rest after your studies and after your work. And I'm sure that if you start running, you'll get, you'll find a pleasure in this activity. So yeah, everyone. Let's go, let's run, let's be active. Uh, yeah, I think we can move to the next question now. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. And, and it's also, you're really, really great, Asel. And I'm so proud of you that you're trying out things, that you're staying open-minded and that you enjoy also new experiences. And I'm really uh, already excited and looking forward to, to hear about your first half marathon experience. Maybe in the future, we'll run a half marathon together or even a full marathon. <laughs> Let's see what the future brings. <laughs> yeah, I'll be waiting here in South Korea. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Expect the unexpected from the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So now let's dive into the topic of crypto regulation and compliance. My first question is about crypto assets. There are lots of misconceptions and myths around this topic. So could you please share with us what are the common myths and misunderstandings that people have about crypto assets? Mm -hmm, sure. So the way I view crypto assets, it's like a new asset class establishing itself. And we're still in the early stages. Um, what we see now is, of course, more and more institutional adoptions because we see many banks that are offering part of a crypto offering to their clients or a big asset managers. The most common myth and misconceptions when it comes to, to crypto assets, that these assets are suitable for money laundering because on the blockchain, everything is anonymous. And actually, this is not the case. On the blockchain, every transaction is recorded, even though you do not know who is the person behind. If you look as a as a regular person into, into blockchain transactions, it's not anonymous, it's rather pseudonymous. You have a lot of information uh, when it comes to the transactions that occur and doing money laundering with crypto assets is really, really the worst idea you can have because everything is traceable. 
on the blockchain, crypto assets have a certain quality. So if you have crypto assets and you send them to OFAC sanctioned wallet address, then this will negatively impact the quality of your crypto assets or of your wallet address. And you cannot hide illicit funds due to the fact that there is quality assigned to crypto assets, which you can see in blockchain forensic tools and and also assess uh, as part of a blockchain forensic analysis. Yes. And also it's just a small part of crypto assets that are subject to illicit activity. The majority is legit use of crypto assets. And as you have also patterns like transactional patterns for any type of activity that you would conduct on the blockchain, you can also very easily verify if certain information that you are provided with is in line with the transactional behavior on the blockchain. So people consider it sometimes as misused for for money laundering. Um, Of course, there is illegal activity also on the blockchain with crypto assets. It's the same also with, with fiat assets, but compared to fiat assets, the insights you get on the blockchain are much better compared to traditional compliance. For example, if fiat assets were used for the purchase of drugs, you would not see traces of that in in the traditional world. But on the blockchain, if something is not legit or not plausible, it would be easy to see that and to detect some illicit activity. So I would say this is one of the myths and misconceptions people have about crypto crypto assets. But it's also a very new asset class. It is still abstract. And so maybe people have also understanding this or imagining this crypto assets uh, and, and the abstract part of it can be challenging sometimes. What always helps me is if I try real world examples that I'm familiar with and apply them to crypto assets. Let's say, for example, a wallet address is where you hold your crypto assets. Um, and this is comparable to an IBAN number in, in the traditional world that you can share with someone from you, whom you would like to receive a payment um, or the private key for crypto assets is comparable to the PIN number you have for your e-banking. This is something that you will not share with anyone because then that person can dispose over, over your funds. It helps to look for examples in the real world to make this new asset class a bit more tangible. As you said, blockchain provides this transparent and immutable ledger of transactions, which makes our information about purchases that we make, about transactions that we make, publicly accessible for everyone, which is good on one side, but it also makes us question about user privacy. So I would like to ask about your opinion on this problem. And also, is there a way for us to maintain user privacy while also ensure transparent transactions on the blockchain? I think it's a very interesting aspect of of blockchain technology, the privacy concerns, because you can make a lot of conclusions associated to a wallet address based on the transactional behavior that you see on the blockchain. You might not know 
the person behind because there is no name of a specific individual or a company behind the wallet address. But nonetheless, you can quite trace the movements and you see the amounts, you see the activity. And there are patterns that are typical for a certain type of business activity or a certain type of individual wealth background. And you see all that on the blockchain. As it's still a very early or young technology and and crypto assets are one use case of blockchain technology, there are for sure privacy aspects that are still in the discussion. For example, like how to classify a wallet address. Is this considered indirect client identifying data, like an IBAN number? These are questions that are still not answered completely. And I think we will have a little more, we will need a bit more time in order to fully address all aspects of crypto assets as a use case of blockchain technology. Could you explain us what is crypto regulation and compliance in basic terms? And why is it so crucial in the financial industry? This is relevant and crucial in the financial industry because as crypto assets are gaining more and more popularity and there are different forms of financial intermediation in which crypto assets are involved. We need legal certainty in order to know how to treat that asset class of of crypto assets. And we have different regulatory approaches. Switzerland, for example, has been pioneering crypto regulation since a few years back already, 2017 to 18, where we already received some regulation here in, in Switzerland. This helped the industry grow because Switzerland is a very uh, popular hub for crypto companies. We have the Crypto Valley here um, with uh, some crypto foundations uh, that are incorporated here, like Ethereum Foundation and Cardano Foundation, and many crypto companies. So the regulatory approach of Switzerland was very important in order to provide legal certainty. In the European Union, for example, we have the market and crypto asset regulation that is coming uh, next year. There, we have a first time across jurisdictional approach to crypto regulation. It's not fragmented and and case by case or country by country basis, but it's really across different jurisdictions, one legal framework in order to also provide legal certainty and to regulate how to treat crypto assets, the different types of of crypto assets, the categorization, licensing requirements, um, because in the traditional financial world, we have that. We have like you know how to treat the fiat assets and all the requirements that come along with the financial intermediation. And this is now also being applied to, to crypto assets. It's relevant for the finance industry due to the fact that more and more adoption of crypto assets is happening. We see more and more financial intermediaries like banks and asset managers providing access to their clients to this new asset class. But we also have many crypto native companies that are going along with this technology, providing innovation in the uh, financial industry. And this needs to be also happening within the guards of regulation in order to protect investors and also to provide legal certainty in how to deal with the crypto assets. Thank you so much for addressing the crypto regulation and compliance and helping us to understand how it does work in general. 
I would like to ask some advice for founders and builders who are working in the crypto space. So for newcomers, what early stage compliance assessments and measures should they look into? I would recommend anyone who is in the crypto space uh, from newcomers to existing companies, if it hasn't happened yet, to really do an assessment and ask themselves, is there any form of financial intermediation? Our business model concept activity is having exposure to. And if this is the case, then really make sure to be compliant with all the applicable laws and regulations. And another recommendation I would have is if you your business activity, business model shows exposure to financial intermediation, really do early stage at an early stage, know your customer, KYC, AML assessments and, and follow for all the regulatory requirements that are relevant for you and your business activity. In the crypto space, we have, for example, in, in DeFi, decentralized finance, many companies and players that are claiming to be fully decentralized and therefore not subject to regulation or financial market regulation. But if you look a bit closer into the setup of the processes and procedures and the business activity and the concept, then you would always find some control element, which would trigger uh, financial intermediation. And then this would lead to applicability of financial markets, requirements, laws and regulations. It's important to really make a soundproof assessment of if there is any exposure to financial intermediation, and then also applicability of the respective laws and regulations. Because if it's truly decentralized, then this is not subject to regulation. But many times you will find, if you look deeper into it, you will find that uh, it's not truly decentralized and you would need to do some checks and comply with, with laws and regulations in that space. Now let's move on to the last part of the questions, which is about your recommendation and advice for young women listening to our podcast today. What are the key takeaways and advice you'd like our listeners and audience to remember? I would say the key takeaways from, from my side would be that whatever you do, follow your interests, follow your passion and you will succeed because, I mean, we spend so much time at work. If we calculated the majority part of our adult life is spent working. And so make sure it's something that you enjoy, that, of course, there will be tough times. <laughs> Maybe it's not always possible to have a fun times only, but be passionate about what you do. Be curious about it challenge yourself and then I think success will come come along with that mm, yeah great advice thank you so much for your time Magdalena I wanted to ask about some you know resources or maybe further steps for people who want to know more about crypto space or crypto assets um, 
way to learn about crypto assets is learning by doing. The way I got into it is I opened some account at, at a crypto exchange and tried out like small amounts, depositing fiat there, sending crypto from one wallet to another wallet. When you try things out, then it's the experience helps you to better understand the the processes and how things work compared to if you just read about it or or watch a tutorial about that topic. So maybe it would be a combination of self-education by reading and, and watching tutorials on the topic and then also learning by doing, trying things out, but not do crazy, crazy amounts, really just for learning purposes, uh, small amounts, like, I don't know, $5, $10 max to learn and get familiar with, with the technology and with the asset class of crypto assets. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Magdalena, for your time. It was an amazing interview. And thank, thank you so you. much for providing so much knowledge for our listeners today. And I hope that our episode will inspire them to learn more about crypto assets and you can reach out to magdalena through her linkedin i'll be also linking your page uh, on the description so thank you so much magdalena for your time thank you very much i said for the opportunity to share my experience here thank you so much for listening to the femis finance podcast Please make sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform and we'll do our best to produce more interesting and inspiring episodes just for you. Enjoy your day.